He's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, great to see you, sir. It's great to see you as well, although I'm not positive that we're live on any of the groups. Do you see it up there, Facebook? Because I don't see it on our page. Really? Maybe it's because I was late to the game. Could be. I'm not sure. I'm not seeing it on Facebook. Let me refresh. Okay. Um, Oh, wait. There it is. I'm sorry. It just showed up. Sorry about that. No call for an alarm. That's all right. So, hey, no, it's good to yeah, check. Yeah, no, right? I see. Sometimes when we're live on the dashboard, I can see up at the top where it's going. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't see that uh, on there right now. So, um, but but I see it on Facebook. Excellent. So uh, we've been been uh, off a little bit, on a little bit, off a little bit, yep. and uh, you've been traveling. I've been traveling, and so but yeah, you wanna- I. I- I haven't traveled for a long time and I just started traveling again. And then looking at my calendar for this year, I'm doing a bunch of seminars and teaching at different places and, and so on. So uh, I'm not sure if I like it or don't love it. You know, don't like it. You know, like I, I used to travel every weekend, you know, it was one of those things and I got away from it and I hadn't done it in a while, but my wife's like, Hey, that was before my time. That's not fair. How come we can't travel again? You know? So I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll get traveling. Well, and you know, the nice thing about our, our business and our industry is we, we, we get an opportunity sometimes to, especially if you're going to do seminars, like what you're doing is to be able to go to a different city and uh, it's, it's business, but you can slide in some personal time while you're there, which is kind of nice. Yes. And, and the write-off possibilities too, as far as, you know, that goes when it comes to money and uh, about what you're paying for flights and hotels and things of that nature, it's a good way to write things off. Yeah. I mean, you're already there, so you might as well utilize it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, nothing's better than something, you know, especially if you're going away from martial arts or something that you enjoy, um, and you're able to write it off at the same time and, you know, kill two, two birds with one stone, so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I'm excited with regards to what we're going to be speaking about today. I feel that I, I live this. And, um, so do you want to introduce the topic? Yeah. I mean, we had said, you know, it's interesting. First, let's say, let's come up with how we come up with topics, right? Sometimes it's, what's going on in your life or my life. And then we're just like, Hey, I, Hey, Dwayne, I noticed you've been away for the last week or two um, doing whatever you were doing. I'm like, Hey, that would be a good topic or whatever we're working on. And, and then we say, let's chat about that. So we had talked about how, you know, it, you and I are able to just take that time and, and do what we want when we want, because we set it up that way. So our topic was that entrepreneurial balance, you know, like running, a business, but balancing out your personal life. Like I was just at breakfast with my buddies. Um, We're all getting up there in age, you know, like I'm 58. One of my friends is 62. Another one is 65. Another one is 70 something years old. And um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how we're getting up there where we have way more 
uh, way less time at the end of the road than we do, uh, you know, it now uh, ahead of us. We have way less time ahead of us than we did years ago. So uh, it's all about appreciating what you have in your life and learning how to enjoy it. And I think that entrepreneurs and they get caught up in the, I'm going to accomplish this. I have a huge list of things to do. When that's done, I'm going to move on to the next thing. And I hear all these gurus, whether it be Grant Cardone or all these other Tony Robbins, all these other superstar business, you know, mentors. And it's all about achieving, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V and all about achieving the next best thing and then moving on to the next thing after that. And sometimes then we turn back and our, half of our lives is behind us. And we're like, what did we really enjoy other than work? Right. Yeah. Or who did we enjoy it with? You yeah. Know what I mean, so exactly. Yeah. Well, I kind of like, uh, you, you've probably, you've heard of him because I introduced you to the, the, the book who not how, but right. Dan Sullivan, and I like his approach because, you know, his approach is, and I forget the exact number, but out of 365 days a year, he takes off, I think, 128 days or 130 right. days a year or whatever it is. But those are already, you know, most of them are already pre-scheduled. Like, right. so he already has the blockout dates of when he is mm. not available. And so then he fits in his work environment into the days that he is available. Right. If that right. makes sense. Right. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Like it's, you know, we, I always tell my students when they say things like, um, you know, I'm going to get back to training eventually, or uh, I'm sorry, I haven't had the time. And I always say to them, you cannot find the time. You have to make the time. You have to carve out the time. You have to schedule that time. Like, for example, like for me, um, my wife and I, I used to always do this with my ex-wife and my daughter's mom. Um, and, and now my wife and I, current, my current, I want to say current wife, but my wife now, um, and uh, her and I now will look at our calendars for months and months in advance. What are we doing in June? What are we doing in July? What are we doing in August? Where are we going? What events? What weddings? What do you have? What do I have? And we're able to really block things out. And then that also opens up your schedule for all the other things where it's not just up in the air. Oh, well, we have this weekend free or we have that weekend free. We could do this. We could go there, you know, and we schedule it out that way. And it's much easier when you have scheduled time rather than just letting the you know, the, the, your, your day or your week, you know, do what it wants. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I, gosh, this was, so the concept of taking time off and, you know, having a good balance really came to me after I had purchased my partners, you know, out of the business and started owning it myself. And this was back when, and this is how I met you, because I met you through um, uh, PPP, uh, what, right. Payment Solution. What is it? Yeah, uh, payment, uh, I forget the name of it, but it was Joe Gallia's. Joe Gallia. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, so he, Joe, I had talk, was talking with Joe about some of this, and he introduced me to uh, Mike Pace. Right. I remember him. Yeah. So I got in a phone call with Mike Pace, and he had, you know, the amount of time that he was taken off was in my book was incredible. You know, right. who, who takes that many weeks off a year right. uh, in a martial arts school. Um, and after talking to him, I, I decided, yeah, that I, I want two weeks at Christmas. I want when my wife is off 
at school for, you know, um, spring break. I want my school to be closed on right. spring break. Right. Um, and then the concept of a, a summer break with regards to taking one week off for 4th of July and just all of those things mm -hmm. uh, empowered me to, yeah, if he does it, if he can do it, then I should be able to do it. Right. And I implemented that with little to no, um, little to no obstacles. Right. You know, even my current 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 clientele it was hey this is a benefit to you because this is the you know that's the way that i you know introduced it to them and then as time had gone on i go you know what i i i, I want i don't want to work saturdays anymore right and if i don't want to work saturdays why do i want my instructors to have to work saturdays mm -hmm. because inevitably there's going to be enough of them that are going to be sick on a saturday at yeah. some point that who guess who's going to have to step in there. Yeah. So that's where I went to basically a four, four day a week school. And then we do our private lessons on Fridays, which then that allows me to have every Friday off. Right. You know, so I don't have to be at the studio on Fridays mm -hmm. uh, unless there's enough of them that are sick and then I can go in and I, I will yeah. do private lessons. It doesn't happen very often. Um, and the way that we schedule our private lessons, I always have one, <clears throat> so my head instructor is always a floater. Right. So if somebody calls off sick, he immediately is able to fill in those gaps. Right. Um, and then if a second person calls off sick, that's when I step up to the plate and then I, I enter into the studio to, but that doesn't happen very often, maybe two right. or three times in a whole year. Yeah. That, that, that happens, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So, yeah. Um, working, it's not to say I don't work on the business during the day on Friday because I do. But usually, you know, up until about, uh, I'd say one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and then I've got a three-day weekend. I look at it as a three-day weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's outstanding. I've always envied how you have it set up. And and I also, uh, I've kind of mirrored that with my own personal schedule so that I have my dojos open six days a week. Um, unfortunately for uh, my main guy who helps me run the school, he works six days a week. But he doesn't start until 3.30 and works till about, you know, 7.45. He gets out of there at 8. So he's doing like a four to five hours a day, um, you know, five days a week. And then he works in the morning on Saturdays. And, and I'm normally there with him, but he's there from like 8.30 to like 12. Um, and, you know, he's able to go home and he's got Saturday and Sunday off. And all day during the week, he's off during the day. He goes to the gym. He does Brazilian jiu-jitsu out of school, uh, you know, and he's able to to do that. And I pay him a full-time salary and he gets commissions. And he, you know, sometimes he does day camps and he shares in the profit on that. And, you know, so he's got a good thing. And I, I am able to go in on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And I, but I always have an assistant instructor scheduled with him. So if at any given moment in time, I just decide not to go in, well, I don't feel well, I'm tired. I got something comes up. I, I just don't want to go in. Um, I'm able to just take off and be able to relax and chill out with the family or my wife or cook dinner and watch TV and, and so on. So, I mean, that it's, that's the thing I find Dwayne is the most interesting where my clients that I coach they have a hard time with closing their school. Like they will open 
Um, one of them I've been working with for years. He's just finally closing during Christmas. Like he's always open, you know, he's closed Christmas Eve, Christmas day. He's open on the 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th. Then he closes down on the 31st and the first, and he's reopened again. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to take off. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to do that to my people. I'm like, trust me, the people appreciate having some time off. Like that's a weird concept for people that school owners, that they're, students their clients actually appreciate downtime as well well and you know look I, this might be one of the fears is well if they're not here at least once every single week you know during those holidays then they're going to be demotivated and they're not going to come back right and right honestly that does happen mm -hmm. I, I i've had after breaks you know especially a christmas break a two-week break um, I've had people, but normally it's like a, a three and four year old, or it's a five and six right. year old. It's really right. not my seven and ups that it's, it was harder to get them to come back. I have right. lost, um, you know, students in that. So we just had our, and, and the reason I bring this up is because I have one perfect example right now. We had in March, we had our spring break. And then after the spring break, this certain kid didn't come back. Of course, after the first week of being back, we right. called because he hadn't been in there. And they're like, yeah, we really thought the break was good. He was kind of waving before the break. And then once the break happened, you know, he still didn't, he didn't want to come back. We might've eventually lost him anyways. Maybe we just lost him sooner because of the break. Um, but I guess for me, the way that I look at that is, okay, well now I have another opening for somebody that does want to be here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I do. And, but at the same time, I think that that this is always our, our uh, big issue is, is, is attrition, people quitting, you know, and retention, keeping them there. The minute they start to break that routine of being there on every, you know, two days a week, every single week, and they take off for a week or they're sick for a week or two, they lose momentum quite quickly. And, uh, you know, it becomes an issue because people are creatures of habit. They get lazy, you know, they start reevaluating because they're out of routine. It, it happens with the gym. I'm sure with your health coaching, um, that's the biggest problem. They fall off the bandwagon and then all of a sudden they're eating terribly again. And then it's hard to get them back in. And, uh, you know, that's just the, the, to break your routine is hard. My wife is so dedicated. She gets home from work, a long day at work, boom, right into her gym clothes, right down in our home. We have a home gym gym and she works out never misses she's like religious about it and um I, I find it amazing with her the discipline she has i'm the same like i am with the dojo i'm always there monday wednesday friday saturday without fail you know and uh, trying my best to stay in a routine because it's really easy to get lazy oh gosh yeah yeah, yeah and not only the students but the parents right like the kid takes off the parents are like ah i got a break I get a little break as well. And that's why it's important to have those scheduled breaks because parents could do it without guilt. And then they know, but next Monday we're back on track, right? They know they're coming back. So it's a little bit easier that way when they're scheduled breaks. Yep. No, I totally agree. I just, I, 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 I do it for me. Yeah. I do it for my staff, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, you look at like my head instructor, he's, he's salary. And he gets paid those weeks that we're off. Right. And, okay. you know, my, I'll have one of my program directors, you know, the nice thing about Spark and then everything else, you know, that we can do at home. 
she just logs on to Spark at Home. Yeah. And we have a digital phone. So she logs on to the digital phone number right. at home. And she's got to call anybody or answer any, you know, any uh, voice messages or anything like that. Yeah. And so in the comfort of her own home, she will be, you know, following up with people. So if we're closed for one week, she'll come in on a Tuesday, follow up with people, you know, from the weekend. And then she'll come in on a Thursday and then we won't have anybody back in the office until, you know, that following Monday. But right. She's able to do it digitally or, or excuse me, remotely. She, you know, is still getting paid some money that week, you know, yeah. not as much as she would if she was doing a full week, but she's still appreciative of the time off for, you know, those weeks, but then also appreciative of, you know, still being able to make a little bit of money while she's, uh, you know, enjoying her family. Yeah. And speaking of, pre- of, pre- of appreciation, I think that, you know, we also, as owners are so caught up into the the day-to-day that being in the thick of things being in that hamster wheel that our our days blend into weeks and our weeks into months and then all of a sudden it's you know april 12th which is today and we're like wow four months of 2023 has gone by and we're going to just keep on banging out the stuff we need to do until we're dropping the ball on new year's Eve and repeating the process again. And quite often, uh, you know, I, again, I've mentioned it before, like a lot of my friends are getting up there in age. And one of my friends was saying, Hey, do you hear about so-and-so he passed away? Do you hear about someone else? He's got MS. You hear about someone else? He has cancer. And then I say to myself, this is why I constantly have been very, very um, aware that, life is short. You know, there, there's, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie and it's, there's, a, there's a preview on YouTube. You could see it. Uh, it was an Eddie Murphy movie called golden man or holy man, holy man. It was called. And there's a scene where he's just like this vagabond wanderer throughout the, you know, the area he has a backpack and he wanders around and, and um, Jeff Goldblum finds him and brings him into his company, which is like a QVC company. And he's a spiritual leader, you know, just, he doesn't mean to be Eddie Murphy, but he is. And, and so he has him do a commercial for a lawnmower. He somehow convinces him to do it. And he's on the set and he says, uh, the cameras are rolling and he's doing the, the supposed to do the pitch. And he says, follow me, just follow me. And he's like, he walks through all these other rooms where you can see the backlighting and directors and people talking. And he goes outside and the camera crews following him. And he kneels down in the grass and he says, you see this grass? It was for a lawnmower that he was supposed to be trying to sell. But he says, you see this grass? He goes, you know, if you're 50 years old and you live to 100, you only have 50 more seasons of mowing your lawn. You only have 50 more Christmases, 50 more birthdays. And that's if you live to 100, right? If you're 80, that's only 30 more. Like for me, I'm, you know, 58 years old. So I look at it like, wow, if I, I always say this, my daughter gets upset with me. I go, if I live till I'm, 80, let's say, I only have, you know, 20 or 30 years left, right? Like, you know, 22 years left on the planet, 22 more Christmases, 22 more birthdays with my daughter. It, you start to value what you have. That's about her age, isn't it? Yeah. She's 23 years old now. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I, I, you know, we sometimes work our way through all of these experiences and don't take the time to sit back and say, Hey, Look at the fruit of your hard work. You know, look at how success, successful your school is and how great your students are doing and what you've built and your home and, and so on. Um, I, I think that's something that's missing. 
that we need to get back. I think a lot of people realized that during COVID, right? I think there was a lot of realization going on, like how life could be so short. Right. And now, you know, now they're, you know, we're back in the grind again. People have forgotten what we were starting to realize back in that. Well, I don't know about that. When I, when you say back in the grind again, I think maybe individuals like us, right. Entrepreneurs, right. um, We're back in the grind. Yeah. But I think there are, I mean, look, your daughter has the opportunity to do most of her stuff. You know, most the company that she's working for remotely. Right. Exactly. Right. Where, uh, but prior to COVID, that would not have been an option for her. Yeah. I bet you. I mean, right. she would have had to gone into the city or wherever it's at. Mm-hmm. Right. She would yeah. have had to have done that. And so there are, um, there's been a lot of changes. Yeah. And I mean, look, that's why restaurants can't hire the amount of people that they need in order to run the restaurant effectively. Right. Uh, I don't know if you find this in your, in your area, but um, you know, supermarkets still, one of the supermarkets that I go to, their shelves are always empty. And right. they said, it's not because we can't get the the supplies in. It's because we don't have enough people to, you know, every time we hire somebody, we train them, they quit. And then we got to hire and train and, you, you know, know, you nobody know wants to work. It's so weird, Dwayne. I think that um, I still can't wrap my head around that concept, right? Like, how is it that we, it's been two years since COVID that we, the United States of America have not figured out a way to automate, supplement, restructure and get things back on track. Like, like we, why in the best country in the world do we have shelves that are empty? Or every time you make a phone call to a doctor's office, you have to wait and get put on hold. You can't, any tech support is all automated now. You can't speak to a live representative. I've had an issue with my Amazon store um, and I can't get a touch with, I can't figure out through all of their, you know, articles and postings and suggestions and blogs, how to fix this problem. I need someone right. to help me and I can't get it done. So my store is like, I have books online that I don't even know where the money is going. They're, they're selling and I don't know where it's going. And a few of my books oh, are right. at, supposedly out of print and they're, you know how you go on Amazon and says some other, you has this book used for $60 or whatever. My book's available. Amazon prints them on demand. Like it's just the craziest thing. So you don't have that available. Um, and, uh, it's just the weirdest dynamic. Yeah. So, so I don't know that everybody's back to the grind. Like they, they, right. they were, especially, um, you know, your daughter and my youngest son's age group. Yeah. I don't know that they'll ever be in the grind. Like, like we were, or we yeah. are. Although there's a portion of them that are they're they're definitely like pushers. They have side hustles. Like my daughter's got like three side hustles or full-time jobs. She babysits, she has an Etsy store. And then there are those that like, I have 15 year olds that don't know how to tie their shoes in my school. Or know their left from their right. Oh my God. I literally did a class for 15 minutes where I would have to, I'd say, listen, everyone put their left hand up and 80% of them did it correctly. The other 20% put up their right hand. So I said, no to you, wrong hand, wrong hand, wrong hand. Out of those people that are pointing out, half of them would put the hand down and put the same wrong hand back up again. Finally, I got them all on the left hand. And then I did a class where I'm like, when I yell out left hand, you better right away shoot your hand up, left hand. And finally, by the end of the class, I got mostly every single person raising their correct hand, right? And uh, But to me, to have to do that 
is just shocking, right? Like where we have a generation of people that don't know their left from right. I had a parent the other day, the kid's 10 or 11, where the, the kid, they're supposed to sit in my little cubby area and put their shoes on where their locker, it's like a locker room-ish kind of thing, benches, and they put their shoes on. And uh, the kid comes walking out with his shoes, he drops them in front of his mom and she bends down on one knee and puts his shoes on her feet, on his feet and ties them. And I said to him, I'm like, hey buddy, from now on, you put your shoes on in that area where I told you that you put your shoes on. The dad kind of stepped away back from the mom so the mom couldn't see him. And he just whispered to me, mouthed the word, thank you. Right. Like the dad was like, you know, because the mom coddles him so much. Oh, you know? I'm sure. It's such a shame. But anyway, back to uh, appreciation, right? That's I kind of, we kind of got a little off. I think well, we have to learn to really appreciate what we have. and and Yeah, and I was going to go along with the, you know, we're talking about the uh, entrepreneurial balance. So not right. only just taking, not only just taking time off, but I don't know about you. And, and I know that you probably don't do this, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong with the ability that we have through spark, right? Because that's the, the, you know, CRM that we're using yeah. for our studios. Um, the texting capability, the push notification capability, right. Um, you know, and, and the app that's on your phone that you get notified when, and yeah. when all those things yeah. come through and you can respond with their yeah. app and yeah. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, we really had to put in a, um, some framework for our own clients to understand that, uh, we are going to respond in these certain hours on these days. Right. So, you know, just because you get a message from us on Saturday, because we, you know, we've got our, let's just take, for instance, our MIA system. So our right. missing in action system, somebody um, hasn't been there. A text goes out on Saturday saying, hey, you know, haven't heard back from you. Is everything okay? Are you going to be in this coming week? Because mm -hmm. we didn't see you. They text us back on a Saturday and say, yeah, we forgot to let you know. Um whatever. Right. Well, I'm not there on a Saturday, even though I'm getting that text, like it's showing up on my, that yeah. notification is showing up on my device. I'm still not responding mm -hmm. to it, even though you, you know, may, call it wrong or right. Um, we don't. Right. But our clients, I shouldn't say all of them know, but they should know based upon the uh, onboarding process that, Yes, we may send you a text on a weekend or after hours, um, but you know, don't don't always expect us a response back. And I don't tell them it's because it's automated. I just say just understand that um, we're not always going to be able to respond back in non-working right. hours. Yeah. No, you're right though. I'm not like that. I'm like literally on my couch at 11 at night talking to parents and clients. Like I'm always available. My cell phone is on my voicemail. If you, if you want to reach me right away, call me on my cell phone and even for my tournament circuit. So I'll get calls at like 10 PM, 11. Sometimes I won't answer. Like I'm getting better where I shut down and don't answer my phone after like eight, eight 30. Um, but uh, I will text and I will respond and I try to always be available. But you know, what's interesting. Most people don't give you the same courtesy. Like when they have a question for me, I immediately answer them. When I have a question for them, it could take days, if ever, that they'll even respond. 
I know. Right? So it's amazing to me. I don't know if they think that maybe our texting is not personalized. I think some people think that when they respond to a text, they think it's going into a group text. And they don't realize. Yeah, I don't know if I have that same. I don't know if I have that same problem. I don't no. know that people think that. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. And I'm, maybe I don't know about how you onboard them, but I know that we, you know, we cover that in our onboarding process. So, right. you know, we, we tell them we are going to send them some text messages, um, you know, and it's just it's just texting between, you know, right. you and I. And uh, push notifications on our mobile app is the same thing. It's just conversations right. between you and I. Exactly. So we do let them know that that, that, that that's what's happening. So right. I don't know if you're doing that or not, but yeah, we tell them, but I don't know if they listen. That's the thing. Or remember. Or remember. Exactly. So, but yeah, you're right though. And you know, we do have the technology we're able to communicate, but it's true though. I mean, if you're at their beck and call, then you're always going to be at their beck and call. And then when you don't respond immediately, they're going to think they're being ignored. I know I do too. Like when a parent is asking me questions and I respond, and then when I ask them a question and they, they ghost me and don't respond. Um, and sometimes, Oh, I never got that text. Meanwhile, I know when it, cause Spark shows you when it was open, when the email was open and so on. But at the same time, I I'm almost like, okay, I get it. You were just busy or you didn't feel like it was worth responding to. And I, I can't take it personal, right? It's got to be, it is what it is, kind of a, that kind of answer. And I will say, um, I am really good. This is, I'm talking about myself now. I am really good at this. I've trained my staff to be really good at this. And what I'm referring to is when you are texting someone, whether it's, you know, you're asking the question or you're answering their question, I always want, and I always do this, I want them to think about what their responses may or may not be and then give them the next step based upon right. those responses. So right. meaning if I were, you know, going to say, yes, Mrs. Jones, that is correct. And if yes, you would like to do this, then do this. If no, then, you know, do this. Right. Like I, I, I really try to cut out this back and forth right. texting crap. Right. I just, I literally hate it. Yeah. I, I am, I really am the type of person I'd rather get on the phone call with you. Yeah. And, you know, I know it's, it may seem like it's more time yeah. if I'm on the phone. I feel like I make a better connection. I feel like I get every single thing solved while I'm right. on the phone. Right. Um, the, 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 the texting back and forth is, um, uh, it, it, it just irks me. And so yeah. that's why I really, you know, to give myself freedom because at time freedom, yeah. that's why I say, if this, then this, if, if no, then this, or whatever it is appropriate with whatever the conversation is, but right, I train right, my right. staff to do the same thing. Cause I don't want them having to, to, to text back and forth. And if we're able to solve it in 160 characters or less, with that, then I don't have this back and forth thing where I'm paying more money to have right. a text come in and my text go out and the text come in and text go out. I mean, I want to solve it as quickly as possible. Yeah. I know it's funny too, where you get a person who's like a texture and a hit and send. Hi, send. How are you? Send. 
I have a question to send and there's like seven text messages. I'm like, I just paid for every one of those that you just sent me, you know? So it's a, at the same time, I, I do a lot of texting where I'll, I'll reach out to clients and I'll tell them about upcoming events or I'll ask them how things are going. I love texting for that. But I, I know I have a friend who uh, I go out to breakfast with on Wednesdays that I'm sitting on my couch at nine at night. And I, I just thought of him watching a show and I want to say, Hey, I just saw this blah, 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 blah. Send my phone will ring immediately. I'm like, and then I'd say, I'm in the middle of watching a movie. <laughs> I was just thinking of you and I sent you a text. I didn't say, call me. You know, that's not what we're doing here. Like, cause, right. cause when you're on the phone, you got to pause the TV. You got to pay attention to that person. But with a text, you could text it, shoot it off, still focus on the show or whatever you're doing. So like I could do things like that. What even, you know, now somebody might, message me and I'll send them a response while we're doing our podcast or whatever it may be. And, you know, keep in touch with people that way. But so with you- regards to entrepreneurial, um, uh, you know, structure or, right. or uh, I'm trying to think of the word that we used for this call, what uh, entrepreneurial balance, right. balance. Uh, I, I think having a structure and also a framework that you're right. working from mm-hmm. every single day is important. So meaning, and uh, you know, so if today's the work day, then you need to show up to your desk or show up to the studio at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever it is that you've decided, but it's, you know, when it's time, you got to show up and right. then you have to do the X, Y, Z tasks or whatever yeah. it is. And so, um, how do you, I guess, first, how do you feel about that? You know, showing up to work on time, even though you, even though you're oh. the boss. Oh, I'm, I'm really like, I, I'm pretty much, you could set your clock by me. Like I, I do my routine. I work all day at home. I go inside. I take a quick nap after I eat my lunch. I do a 15 minute nap, boom, I'm up and I'm at my school by three o'clock. So I leave at 10 to three. It takes me 10 minutes to get there. Um, and I'm there. I'm doing paperwork there. Like literally you could set your clock by me. I'm like a big, you know, a believer in regular behaviors, you know, atomic habits or, you know, work ethics and that kind of thing. We say 15 minutes early is on time in my leadership team as employees and so on. Yeah. And I think that's where, uh, you know, some studio owners, they, they may uh, they may disagree with that, and I think right. that they're losing out without having that structure. Um, and yeah. I don't understand why they wouldn't show up to work at a certain time because if they were working for somebody else, they'd have to do that anyways. Yeah. And you know, isn't working for yourself more important? Right. Than when you were, I shouldn't say more important, but just as important if as if you were working for somebody yeah. else. And you know, many when I started. Well, I used to, as you know, my history, I own a landscape construction business and a martial arts school simultaneously. I built my school up and eventually sold my landscape business so right. that I ran my school full time. I just basically started my day at 9 a.m. every morning and I'd get to my school at 9 a.m. I would eat my breakfast there. I'd work all day long. And you would be shocked at the opportunities that come up during the day 
that if you if I wasn't there that I would miss who knocked on the door who wanted to buy something who f called you that would have hung up and called someone else I mean I try now I don't do that I'm at home I work and I'm up like yesterday I started coaching calls at 7 30 in the morning and I work straight through to two o'clock in the afternoon every hour on the hour and uh, that's my discipline so I think that school owners don't have that some school owners are showing up their school opens at four they're there at five to four getting in their uniform as people are walking through the door like i just never understood that either well i understand that if they're working a day job right and they just got off work and then they're moving into to that i understand but if you're wanting this to go full time then you have to schedule time that you're going to work on the business right and then you know if you think of it you would never not show up when it's time to work in the business right right and what they don't we do they don't leave enough time to do all the things that are unrelated to teaching. Like, you know, sending out renewals or sending, we miss you call doing, we miss you texts or missing an action texts or emails and all the things that you and I both know that maintain the school, keep retention up, you know, um, scheduling events, things like that, that keep the school exciting and moving forward. Most of the time people will miss that. Yeah. So, you know, with regards to, you know, creating that, um, that balance, I think when you have a scheduled time and a, and a framework, and when I'm referring to a, a, a framework is what you're doing inside of that scheduled time. So right. I'm going to show up at eight o'clock and here's the framework or the tasks or the things that are going to happen on Monday. So going back to what you've talked about for years, was your and you you had an excel document called the mm -hmm. dna the daily yeah. necessary actions yeah um which again was wonderfully uh created right i mean right. just the name the dna and understanding what are the daily necessary actions inside of your school that need to happen so that when it comes time to work um you know in the school rather than on the school then you're you're ready and you're set and, yeah. you know, I, I think sometimes, though, when you don't do that, then you've got this this double mindedness that happens. And so what I mean by that is when you're out on the floor teaching, you're thinking about the things that need to get done at the desk. Right. Right. Had you scheduled those time, created a framework that you're able to work inside and get those things done. Then when you step out on the floor, yeah, there might be something that pops into your head. Yeah. Uh, that needs to be done. You need to be able to capture that idea so that you don't forget it. Right. Um, but then get right back to teaching. Yeah. And so creating that structure or that framework to capture that idea so that you have it for later as well. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I developed that for a few reasons, the, you know, the daily necessary activities or actions, right? Um, and I developed that because I knew that in order to be a success at the end of the month, there are X amount of tasks that I need to do on a day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week basis, right? And then I would have hired program managers. Every school I had had a program manager, a part-time instructor, and a full-time instructor. And I would outfit them with what needed to be done. However, if I left it up to them, them, they would do the things that are most easiest, most convenient, most fun, and most enjoyable, and take all the difficult tasks and push them off to the side. And you know, with tasks like that, they 
just keep getting pushed from day to day to day to day. And then eventually they don't get done. That's when we look back and we go, you know what? I can't believe I didn't do a retail push. Like for example, when I coach my clients, um, and well, well, let me, before I do that, I'll, I'll tell you that I would then go to my program managers and say, this is what you need to do. And they wouldn't do it. So what I developed was I developed this checklist Monday. This is what you do Tuesday. This is what you do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. This is what you do. Some tasks are repeatable. Call all the messages on the answer machine, reschedule the trials, call the, we miss you's blah, blah, blah. And they would have to check the boxes of what was done. And then I could verify it by looking at what was actually done with spark. We have a lot of that done, but you know, it's interesting. I don't think that 90, I wonder, I'd love to ask Ron sell, how many people that have Spark are actually using Spark to their advantage? Like they probably do like one or two or five aspects of what Spark has available to them when there's like 60 different things that Spark could be doing for them and yeah. really help them run their school, but they don't know what to do. Remember our old saying, we haven't said this in a while. You don't know what you don't know, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta know what to do in order to know what, is necessary. And sometimes people just don't have a clue. It's not. Well, there no. Yeah. And, but see, that's, and you know that to be true because of some of the clients that you're working with that are also working with spark and you're bringing up and asking questions like, right. Hey, um, you know, how's the MIA calls going? Right. Oh, well, you know, did you realize that you can set this automation up to do X, Y, and Z? Right. Oh no, I didn't know. Yeah. Right. That's available. And yeah. you know, part of it, is our fault as martial arts school owners that own a software and not investigating on, on what all the software can do for us. The capabilities, right. Yes. Um, I also, now they, they're doing a lot better job um, with the updates because every single week we get these emails, right? That, that there's different updates and things that have been going on and those type of things. But prior to that, when there was an update or a new thing coming out, unless you were following the the facebook page you know that group page right and being on it religiously you didn't know that it was a you didn't even know it was happening yeah like i suggested that i don't know if it was just me or a bunch of people but when spark first came out i said i'd like to know every update you do every change that you make every new thing that comes out um now though it, it's happening so often that we get one or two of those every few days and I don't even have enough time to follow up on it, right? With, with Spark's advancements and the things in the technology they're adding to the software. But I have friends that I've gotten them into Spark and they have Spark for their schools and they don't know the most basic of fund. They're not using checkout pages. They're not using a scheduler page. They're not using the calendar. I have a client who, has, he doesn't use the calendar to book his trials. He's still doing it on paper. And I'm oh, like, really? why don't you enter it in? Uh, it just takes too much time to enter it. I just write it on my blotter on my desk. I'm like, yeah, but how do you follow up when that month is over? If it was in Spark, you could have a prospect funnel. You could do a follow-up funnel. Um, there's a lot being missed. And I think that's just because people don't take advantage of that. So I I'm, I'm not done with the book. And the reason I'm not done with it is um, just because I'm implementing things that are inside of it. Uh, but the book is called come up, uh, come up for air. Okay. Um, it's, uh, by Nick Sorenberg. Okay. And so the reason I bring it up is one of the concepts that he talks about is the fact that 
and he uses this as the the analogy. So you've got a leaky pipe, right? Maybe it's in your bathroom, right? But it's not leaking really bad. But every day you go in there and it takes you two minutes to mop the floor up and then you go about your day and then you come right. back tomorrow and you spend another two minutes mopping the floor up. Right. Okay. So over a year's time, that two minutes adds up. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were to go do the research on how to fix a leaky pipe, went and bought the stuff and then went in there and actually fixed it. So you spent a lot of time on the front end, right? Fixing that system so that it ran effectively and efficiently. And then you would never have to touch it again. Yeah. How much more time you would gain in other areas. And then even in that area as well. And, and, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not doing a good, good job, but you get, get what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I was like, yes, we, we spend so many, so much of our time, you know, moving from one emergency to the next emergency to the next emergency that we don't go, okay, why is this emergency happening in the first place? How do I solve it? So, or can I solve it so Mm -hmm. that it never happens again? You talk about being, you know, having balance in your life. If you were to just identify what those emergencies uh, uh, are and how they keep happening, and spend extra time on the front end, getting it all done and over with. So you never have to touch it again or hardly ever have to touch it again. So one of the things that he talks about is inbox zero, getting your, getting your uh, inbox to zero. And he uses a system called rad and rad just is respond or reply, forget it, reply, archive, and defer. Okay. And so I went through that. I read the chapter. I understood it. I was like, holy crap. So then I created a standard operating procedure with a video for my whole staff. And I put it into our standard operating procedure. And so look, number one, it took me X number of time to, to read the information, X number of time to understand the information Then I created uh, a framework for a video that I wanted to create. Then it took me time to then create that video, right? Then it took me time to put it into our our standard operating procedures. And then I gave every single person that touches our email tasks to watch that video and understand it. Let me know if you have questions. So let's say that in totality... I spent six hours right, doing all of that. Probably wasn't, but you know, let's just say it was six hours of my time. Now, at the end of every single day, my inbox for the studio is at inbox zero. Hmm. Everything has been responded to. Everything has been archived. It's not deleted because then if I need to find something, I can always just type, you know, type it in the search bar and find right. it. Right, right. Or it's been deferred. So maybe it was deferred to somebody else or it was deferred to a different day, whatever it was. But I created all that framework and now I don't have to touch it ever again. Right. Anybody new that I train, I just say, here, watch this video and follow it to a T. Mm-hmm. 
Does that make sense? Totally. I, I mean, we talked about that. That's kind of like the book we read way back when. Upstream. Upstream, yeah. And uh, by the way, I just downloaded the book on audio because I was listening to another book, Path of the Warrior, and I just could not get through it. It was like boring the hell out of me. So I just stopped listening to it. I needed another book. So I just downloaded it on audio just now. Um, coming up coming up for air by Nick Sonnenberg. Yes. Big book, though, seven hours and 53 minutes. It's a very big book, but I'm just taking it chunk by chunk and applying uh, applying it into my studio and in my life. Now, personally, in my own inbox, which was never zero, ever. Right. Now my own inbox is zero. Right. And so I use that rad system. So I'm, re I'm, I'm replying and then archiving it. Uh, I am just archiving it. And, and, and or I'm deferring it to a different day. So like I'll give you an instance for a defer with my health coaching. I will have, um, you know, UPS send me the information that the, the, their box has been shipped, right? Right, right. But I know that just because they sent me the information, that doesn't mean that I can look it up online and, and, and actually see when it's going to be delivered. Right. I've got to wait a day. Right. And then then when I click on it, it'll actually show me. So all I do with those new orders is, you know, I, I click on it, defer it to the next day at 8 a.m. OK. And then it'll pop up in my email that next day. Yeah. And I can see that on there that it was sent the day before. Right. I know that it was deferred. Mm -hmm. So then I can click on it and do what I need to do with it. That's great. But it so that framework makes my head go. Ah. Yeah. And again, this goes back to right to our topic, like of having the entrepreneurial mindset, like, you know, where you could be busy or you could be work, you could work, you could work busy or you could work smart. Right. And we're using technology and you're using technology, this rad system and other things so that you, yes, we invest the time initially on our onboarding with our school and we made it. Um, I actually share that with a lot of my clients. I take all my different automations that I've made and I'll just slide. The great thing about Spark is I just copy the code, drop it in their inbox in Spark and it shows up. And then they just have to take my logo out, my name, reference to my school, change the letters and personalize them. But they have the framework done for them. Um, so I save my clients a lot of work when it comes to that. But once it's done, this is a process now that just works seamlessly better than a hired person because sometimes they're flawed. They forget, they skip it. They're in a bad mood. They call out sick. This software just never stops working. Yes. And you know, with regards to that, I know we're, we're coming up on time here, but um, I also now when I create an automation, mm -hmm. I first create it. Um, I use a program called notion, which is yeah. a free program. And every single one of my automations now are first created in Notion. Okay. Um, and then I will take what I've created and then put it into Spark. And here's the reason why. Have you ever gone to an automation? You're like, man, I wonder what each of these things say. Right. Then you got to click on it, wait for it to open up and then read and go, okay, I want to change this. Mm -hmm. So in Notion, I have the whole automation just sitting there. Okay. And so I can see every single thing that's in that automation. Oh, okay. And so the nice thing about that is now I no longer have to wait for things to load or unload or open or now, does that mean that I have two, two different things 
um, that I got to keep updated? Yes. But how many times, again, how many times have you done that where you're like, I wonder what's in here. I need to update it. Yada, yada, yada. Like, right. 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 I no longer have to do that. Mm hmm. I know that, that that's great. You you've always been great with technology and utilizing technology to take care of your and work for you and help you and so on. Sometimes people are afraid of technology, you know, older generation, even my generation, they're not techo techno people. I I'm very good at all that, but at, at the same time, you're great at it. So like here, I'm just going to show this real quick. Did it come up? Uh, yeah, I, yes, it's in the corner. Yep. Now I see it. Yeah. So like day one, like this is, uh, th so it, it is, you know how you can change the prospect phase, right? Right. Right. So I change it to took first class 10 okay. minutes later, they get this text message, right? 30 minutes later, they get this email 60 minutes later, they get, so you can see how I've right. So I can look at this in a glance and go, okay, this, what this is, is this is a new trial student welcome system. This is for the first person or first family member. And I can look at this whole thing and I can even have it color coordinated. So I know that, you know, all right, so this day is this, this day is this color. You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. So that way I don't have to keep, oh, oh and by the way, I put my picture in here for my layout. So yeah. I actually, I actually drew it out how I wanted it to be first. And then I created the whole system. I remember when we did that together, we, we, when we did a product launch and we had the different system worked on paper. And if they do this, they do, this happens. And if they did that, this happens. And uh, I love it, Dwayne. Great job. I mean, I think that's, that's awesome. No wonder why it's you're just, able to get so much time off and, and go it's away. Just, yeah. It, well, thank you. But it's just doing the work and the, and uh, it, it's doing the hard work first. Right. Right. And if you put the time in to do the hard work first, and that's where, again, it goes back to, show up to your, to your studio at a certain time. Yep. Have a framework that you're working inside. We've talked about this before, maybe in bits yep. and pieces for me, Tuesday, Thursdays, you know, at 8am when I show up to my desk until about noon, that four hour window, depending on what I have going on that day, right. that's my project days. So right. when I created this new student welcome system, those are the days that I was working on those. Yep. Yep. You know, but I, I, I create that framework to work inside of it. When you were saying what you were just saying, I was thinking, know what you want, have a plan, take, take uh, and a have success, a success coach, have a success coach, take consistent action, re renew your progress, re review your progress and renew your goals. Right. Like that right. was the old Tom Callis thing, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I know you have to go. It's 1230. You have an appointment. I do. Yeah. I've got a health assessment with a potential new client. So I got to hop cool. on a phone call with them. All right, dude. So thank you so much for your sharing of all your knowledge. Everybody, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the call. Just remember, um, life is short. Enjoy as much as you can and, and really, you know, take the time to live your life. Right. That's yeah. And you can do it strategically. You just got to sit down and do the work first. Yep, absolutely. All right. Have a great day. Take care. Later, Alan. Sayonara. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Learner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. They can be reached at EliteInsights.com. Add health coaching, helping school owners create a new and easy to implement revenue stream for your school. Visit 
adhealthcoaching.com. Lead Hunter Media, your online digital marketer and content provider. Visit leadhuntermedia.com. Academy Kings Growth Consulting and Management Group. They can be reached at academykings.com. And Spark Membership, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. They can be reached at sparkmembership.com. We will see you next time.